Guys, welcome to the very first episode of Going Deep with Brett English. And what a better way to start it off than with Chocolate Daddy himself, Douglas Carol Nagaren. And um, I beg you to be patient with me. This is my, force, my first porno. <laughs> 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 and uh, we're diving deep with Chocolate Daddy. <laughs> Slide. Wow. Um, I'm going to open wow. this up, bro. Thank you, man. So honoured. So honoured to be here. Mm. So I wanted to start to dive deep with you into your life. And one of the big things that I saw, that your dad is a, a Christian minister, pastor. Pastor, yeah. Um, quite a powerful one. He's obviously expelled dark spirits and things of that nature, which is very biblical, very powerful. And then your uncle, another powerful figure in your life, who is a very devout Hindu. A Hindu guru. Yeah. Mm. And I noticed you got the tattoo on your chest, Shiva. And um, how did you balance those two worlds and bring it in to make it your own? Yeah. Um, Beautiful question, man. And also, uh, in the last couple of months, um, my beautiful uncle, the, the guru, um, he has left this world. Um, unfortunately, he's passed away, but I'm here um, celebrating him and carrying on his, uh, his lineage and mm. his blood through me. And he was such a powerful example um, of the contrast of what my father was. Mm. And my dad, uh, being a Christian pastor, very disciplined in um, the Bible and only the Bible. So being brought up in a household for 18 years of my life, I was blessed to receive the wisdom, the stories, the narration and the breakdown of what the Bible is Mm. in the um, opinion and the walk of life that my father um, went through. And... Yeah, just witnessing my father perform miracles and praying for people, praying for couples that haven't conceived uh, a a child for more than 12 years and then him praying for them. Um, He would receive phone calls months later saying, hey, we we had our baby. Wow. And um, just... Shivers down the right side of my body. Things like that, that I can't deny. um, I can't deny him as as the man of God. Mm. And... He then, yeah, in my, in my experience of my father, he, I saw my father step in front of um, you know, hundreds and thousands of people and just preach so powerfully. And he would channel in um, moments like, as he's praying, he's like, there's a man in the crowd and his name is this. Um, his last name is this. He was born in this place. If there is a man in the crowd with such name, please step onto stage because I have something for you. And there will be a man from the crowd that emerges. And he's like, it's me. Wow. This is my first name. This is my last name. This is where I'm from. And then through, I've witnessed this process where, where he just starts speaking about visions that he's getting about this man. And he would be like, I want to pray for you right now. Um, and he would pray for this man and he would receive liberation or freedom or mm. deep healing and deep peace um, from this prayer. And I would see the, the, the state of the man shift from wow. he, who he used to be to just being so ecstatic in receiving that prayer from my father and his whole life changing. Wow. So this transformation of seeing a man just like break in front of like hundreds of people and and come through um, was a powerful example of Christianity and what what the power of prayer can do. And Mm. then I met my uncle. My uncle is a very, very strange, but a powerful man as well. Mm He spoke, he spoke very clearly and the words that he would choose to use were just very powerful. So 
Um, and he would always bestow wisdom upon me. He's like Douglas, and he would just like straight up just tell me something. Um, and one of the most profound things that he told me and wrote down on my book for me is like, this is something that I'm going to write for you for this life. And he wrote down, within knowledge, seek to grow, and within honor, seek to live. And it's so, so small, but just that phrase for this life um, has made me such a um, devoted student to knowledge and being open to all the information that is out there um, and then deciding what is for me. And also in being um, a, a great student, it's allowed me to be a really good teacher as well. Because once I've learnt um, information from information, what is for me and embodied it, I'm like, man, this is powerful and it's my now my responsibility to teach it mm. as a teacher. and. And then, within honor, seek to seek to live. Living an honorable life for me has been one of one of my greatest principles. After reading that, mm. and considering my journeys as honorable journeys for me, for me, yeah. um, has been very powerful because I can decide in the moment: is this honoring my values? Is this honoring myself? Is this honoring my family, my tribe, my mission, my purpose? And if it's not honoring that then I won't be doing it. And it's just really allowed for me to center back into who I am. Mm. So it's a, yeah, he's a powerful man. And I say powerful because we, uh, I'll give you an example, man. Um, we were in India and in India, the population is like 2 billion people. That's, that's a lot of people. <laughs> and we, were, we were in South India, in Madurai, um, the heart of Tamil Nadu, where I'm from, um, where my blood is from. And we were at a temple, Madurai Meenakshi, and this temple is huge, massive, massive. And on a Friday night, my uncle said, there's about um, 200 to 300,000 people flooding into the temple from each gate. There's four gates yeah. and they're all coming into this temple. And you had to line up for hours to get in on a Friday night. And my, yeah. my uncle rocked up there and he just made one phone call. Police came to that temple and they escorted us straight into the temple and they were there the whole time. Wow. And the police that came down to escort us weren't just normal police officers. They were like um, the head of different districts. Mm. Those policemen came to like escort us through this wow. temple. And, and we had so much space within the mm. temple to like see and watch. And I was like, how does a man shift the world so quickly for us to have an experience in a temple where it's flooded, but have so much space within. Mm. And the way he shifted through that space and was so calm and present and, and still bestowing wisdom upon me in that journey really inspired me as to how he held himself and, how, and, and, and um, his teachings, how his teachings were so important for the people around him, including these big elite police officers um, and inspectors, I guess. And mm. yeah. Um, what really came to me um, in my walk of life uh, was abrupt change. So after 18 years of being with my father and um, learning from him and being his son, I was so tunnel I was so tunnel visioned into Christianity, and I was uh, I was in worship bands. I praised God. I worshipped God. I prayed. I was so um, devoted to Christ. I didn't touch alcohol. I didn't have sex till I was 18 because I was so devoted to Christ and I enjoyed that journey until I started asking some questions to my dad. I'm like, hey dad, 
I really want to know about Hinduism. I really want to know about Buddhism. I really want to know about Judaism. And I was curious, you know, yeah. I was like, I'd love to learn about these other religions. And my dad, before he became a Christian, he was a Hindu man. Mm. And he would say to me, don't worry about them. The only truth that you need to know is right in front of you. It's in this Bible. Yeah. And his passion for Christ was so large and so powerful that mm. he denied me the opportunity to learn from these different religions yeah. and i always was like curious i'm a rebel at heart i'm like but i really want to fucking know mm. i really want to know what's in these other religions that, that fed the fire even more like the, the denial or the suppression of it right yeah yeah 100 percent, man yeah and i was being suppressed to information and i didn't like that and then when i left my home um i i decided i'm like i'm gonna start fresh mm. i'm gonna start fresh and i'll and i'll tell you a story where uh, why I left home as well. I was read. I, I got gifted this book to me when I was 17 to 18 years old. Mm. The book is by Osho. Uh, the book is called Tantra, the Supreme Understanding. Nice. I love Osho. And I did not know what Tantra was. Oh man, I have a beautiful ball to throw up right now about Tantra and we'll catch it towards the end. Yeah. I did not know what Tantra was. Um, and I, when I started reading this book, after 10 pages, man, I just felt my mind, I felt my mind just cracking open, like cracking open and I just felt this energy flow through my mind and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Mm. And every page that I was reading after afterwards, I was just so absorbed in and it came to a point in the book where he talks about killing your, killing your father and mother. Oh, wow. Um, and it sounds pretty, pretty severe, right? And when I read those words, I'm like, what? What, what am I reading right now? Yeah. But the chapter is actually about killing them in my mind as my mom and dad so that I could see them as humans mm. and I can treat them as humans and see their conditioning, see their um, behaviors and personalities and recognize them as humans instead of putting the expectations on my mom and dad as mom and dad, which sure. really made, which really humanized that, um, humanized them to me mm. instead of seeing them as gods. And, and parents yeah. and it was so important because once I read that I realized that I was conditioned yeah I was conditioned and yeah. I wanted to break free of that conditioning so I went away from 18 years of my uh, from eight from my 18th birthday onwards it's that's when my true awakening started I just started reading a lot of other books and I stepped away from Christianity and I mm. stepped away from God in a sense because I was like exploring different religions seeking truth mm. and in my journey of seeking truth everything that I read about Hinduism and um, it was so powerful how Hinduism came into my life as well uh, especially God uh, Lord Shiva yeah um, Man, I just started experiencing a lot of magic in my reality, in this 3D realm of Lord mm, Shiva. Mm, mm. He would appear to me um, in such magical ways where my whole body would just be like, like just goosebumps, man. Mm. His story, his story of him being a cosmic dancer, him being so beautiful, him like uh, going on extreme measures for his devotion to self and his inner God um, mm. and his um, his energetics of destroying things that is not of service to create life. Uh, all those just resonated deeply with me. And I understood when I started like questioning myself, I'm like, 
So I've experienced Jesus and I felt Jesus' unconditional love and his unconditional, um, infinite, infinite love, man. Infinite love. I felt that to the point where I wanted to run and jump and scream and I was crying. Mm. And I'm also feeling shiver. And I was like, what is true God? And then I realized that it does not matter who my God is, as long as I can feel and be inspired by these, these stories mm. to find my own sense of truth within self. Beautiful. And then I realized um, that, like, I, I think it was a documentary that I was, that I was watching called, um, what is it? Uh, it was fucking mind-blowing, man. Um, anyways, in this documentary, I hope it comes to me, um, they talk about religion and they talk about the purpose of religion and how these different stories and archetypical stories uh, are for humans because humans cannot perceive God, but humans can perceive story. And from the story, our consciousness piggybacks on that story and learns from the morals and we can attach ourselves to the character of the story and embody the values and embody the um, energetics of the character. So when I was younger, I would watch Spider-Man and I'd be like, fuck, I want to be like Spider-Man. I'd run around, I'd like jump and yeah. I'll do parkour and I'm like, I'm Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I still love that. Like yeah, that's yeah. a part of me now. Bro, I, know? I have dreams like that all the time, man. Right? Fucking doing webs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Flying like Superman, all, all that, bro. Like, yes, bro. yes. Things that inspire me from within, right? So I was like, cool, if they are just stories, then I'm here to collect as many stories as I can to find my truth in all of them. Mm. Um, Leonidas is a really good example as well as a leader. I study him so much. Leonidas? Yes. Can you fill us in who that is? I actually don't know. Um, Leonidas is the, uh, the general or the, or, the, or the man that led the 300 Spartans. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And just who he had to be to lead 300 men to face the sheer number of the Persian army mm. um, and leave a mark and a, and, a, and a story that ripples through time and space. Yeah. You know, like just stories like that. I, I really started realizing that these stories of other religions are here to serve me mm. and I can take from them what I want to, just like I've taken what I wanted to from my father and my uncle. So, yeah, yeah these, these blending of different religions to serve me has not only allowed me to be a better man and be more open to other religions, mm. be more open to other information out there, and accepting other religions out there instead of being so um, patriotic about my own religion, I can I, I now have the heart to just be open to information through through knowledge, seek to grow, and I yeah man I I love all the different religions of this of of the land of Earth because mm -hmm. they all stem from their culture, they all stem from something that can relate back to the roots of that land that yeah. all point towards the heaven the heaven within and the heaven above. Yeah. So that's how I've managed to center myself into my own religion. And I say gods quite often because um, I truly believe that we are all gods mm -hmm. on earth. We're all representations and um, animations and also the avatars of gods. And gods can only experience each other like this here. Mm. And humbly, humbly that comes with a set of responsibility and as servants of God's, or weapons of God's, or whatever you want to call. For me, I'm, I call myself a servant of God. Mm. I'm here to be of service to the people of this earth and, and of this land. Mm. So 
I'm going to soak up as much as I can from this land information and nutrition and nourishment so that I can inform um, and nourish this land and nourish people around me. Beautiful, man. That was, that was captivating. And it just reminded me of a quote that I read in the book. It was like, God doesn't favor any group of people or any sect or any religion. He gives them all masters and all teachers from all walks of life on the land. You mm. know? So it's amazing you, to, you can break that view and you can feel your mind opening as you're reading to other stories. Mm. And that's, you've embodied it so beautifully, man. That's fucking amazing. Thank you, man. I want to talk to you, you about something I see a lot of people do. It's, they change their name. Aubrey Marcus changed his name. Post Malone changed his name. G Madison <laughs> changed his name. I noticed you got a nickname, Chocolate Daddy. Yes. But what effects do you reckon that has on a person to actually change their name and sort of to radically transform their ego or their self-identity? Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Ooh, I like this. So, firstly, I just want to say I'm so proud of being Douglas Karunagaran. That is how I came on into this earth. And I've, I, I believe there's a very specific reason why my flesh has been named Douglas Karunagaran. I happen to love my name. Douglas is a very powerful name. Mm. Um, Karunagaran. Karuna means mercy in my language. And mm. Karan means uh, being, so merciful being, which is just nice. a good energetic for me to be in this lifetime. Yeah. And although I am birthed as Douglas Karunagaran, um, I don't like to be... I don't like to be just confined to one name or one personality. Mm. Chocolate Daddy uh, is an expression of mine, a mask that I discovered through my walk of life that mm. gives me the permission to then step into something that I'm not. That gives me the ability to be like, okay, cool. I want to be wild, fucking reckless, and I want to have as much fun as I can yeah. and bring as much juice and sauce I can into this world through this mask of Chocolate Daddy. Mm. When I say I'm, I'm Chocolate Daddy, people's energy are like chocolate daddy like you know they their energy shifts their their persona um shifts they they just shift towards that name and they it either brings a lot of joy or mm. excitement into the space and i like that mm. i like embodying this other version of myself as well what i what i truly believe about this that can um that i don't agree with is to literally step away from your actual name to then fully become um, something else mm. uh, and, and I completely accept everyone that has done this um, for their own reasonings and for their own change of identity yeah. uh, I don't you know there's a lot of reasons why I could say why they did that um, I feel like it's important to embrace how we came into this earth exactly as what we are in the flesh mm. not to change the flesh not to alter the flesh mm. because what God has given us and gifted us in flesh is our greatest gift. Mm. And if we go altering this, it is almost slapping God in the face and saying, what you did was not good enough for me. Yeah, true. Yeah. For this ego, for this mm. whatever reason, right? And now it is better because I say so. And there is a part of me that, that thinks that, but also another part of me is like, people have gone through a lot of hurt, pain, misery in their life. And sometimes it requires a full death. And a full mm. death means a complete let go of who they were, including name. Yeah. So that they can embrace a new identity forged from the ashes of their past. True. Right, and that's a very big symbol to change your name. Mm. It's a very big symbol and a ripple to earth 
um, and universe to say, I'm no longer this, I'm this. It's a statement. It's yeah. a huge statement. Yeah. Um, for me, I have been consumed by the mask of Chocolate Daddy. It was running the game. Mm. This mask was running my life. Like the mask in the movie with Jim Carrey? Like yes. Bro, it, it really, really does. It really mm. does. And there's been a lot of different masks that have been running the game for me subconsciously. For example, right now, like a part of me, which, and I'm just going to be open and vulnerable here, a part of me realizes that I deeply seek approval and validation from people, especially women. Mm. And this mask of mine, who, which is me, and it could stem from the walk of life that I've, it, it stems from the walk of life that I've just had, this still exists within me and it still shows up without my permission, without my awareness, and it, and it runs the game until now that I'm aware of it, mm. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm actually seeking approval in this moment. I'm actually seeking approval from this lady right now. Yeah. Let's just step back. Let's just love myself and love the part that's seeking approval and give it some love directly mm. instead of it going that way and then coming back. I feel that. Triple handling it. So there, there are different masks and identity that still run the game um, that I'm aware of that I just want to love. And it all just comes down to love, man. And I feel like if there is a deep, and, and this is for any action on earth, if there is a deeper justification that you can provide to your actions that serve you and, and honors you, then do it. You know, if that means changing your name, do it. Um, I'm not in favor of altering the physical, mm. um, but if that really helps you and that's your truth, then do it. Beautiful. Mm. Wow, man, that was so beautifully put. I need to regain my composure for a second and reframe. I, I'm going through such a beautiful journey with, um, with rediscovering who I am as a man with women. Mm. And I'm on the journey of abstinence at the moment for, the, for this whole year. And I haven't, oh, wow. haven't, haven't broken that. I, in the past, when I was really, really, really young, like primary school, I had women friends, like lady friends. Um, and they were great and I was innocent and I wasn't really like tapped into my mm. sexuality then. But as soon as I breached into puberty and um, was stepping into a realm where I was feeling things sexually, my whole relationship around women changed. I didn't have the proper guidance as to who women were in this world, how, we should, how I should treat them, how mm. I should see them, how I should be around them, etc. And I, yeah, there was a part of my life where I really... Um, I guess my relationship with women were just like, if, if I'm not sleeping with you, then I'm not with you. Mm. And, and I didn't have any women friends in my life. And now in my journey, I have some beautiful queens as my friends and who I spend time with, who I share with and open up with. And there isn't anything sexual there. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful union, man. And I, and I, and I feel like, I've learned so much about women in the last um, four to five months in this journey of abstinence. Mm. I, I just have to say with, like I love, I love doing things for fun, um, especially mm. like reviewing women and like seeing what I like and what I don't. Um, treating them as humans is, is so, so needed because I wasn't treating them as humans. I was just mm. treating them as a um, secondary, um, as an option where I could be like, okay, if you can satisfy my need, if you can satisfy something that I, I want, then you are valid in my reality. Mm. 
and that was only because I was I was um, yeah that was only because of my behavior of jacking off to porn mm. and being consumed by um, you know how women were treated in porn and that being my only energetic reference and education about sex as well mm. I saw women so differently and now that yeah. I'm stepped away from porn stepped away from having sex and sex being in the equation it's shifted so much for me and yeah what I said in the start, like I, I really want to appreciate all women of all shapes and size and forms. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like, you know, as men is a very, as men, we should step into the responsibility of, yeah, just taking the opportunity to appreciate all women. Although they weren't, some, some of those women weren't my taste. I just want to say I fucking love each and every mm -hmm. one of them and appreciate them. And Beautiful. yeah, this goes out to all the kings out there as well. If there's a moment in your day and time that you can take and actually gift and appreciation for women out there, that would be a blessing. That would be a blessing. Beautiful, man. I relate heavily to that story, hey? Because I remember um, in year one, I had this best friend. Her name was Kezia. We were just inseparable. Caught the bus to school together, like always hanging out, like just like being in that open-hearted place of play and fun. Mm. And I remember um, after a few months in, they merged our school buses with the high school kids' buses. So mm. we would catch the bus together. And these high school kids, probably year eight, year nine, and I'm year one, I'm like five or six, started bullying us for like being a couple, or like, or boyfriend, girlfriend, this and that. Like really harsh to the point where some of them would throw water on me and like really get up in my space. Like it was pretty, pretty terrible. And I remember just shutting down in that moment and like actually separating from her and like sitting somewhere else or whatever the case may be, because I was like so ashamed that these older men mm. who I viewed as like authority figures or somewhat gods or whatever, because yeah. the age difference, and that fully turned me away from women. I didn't have any women friends for ages. And I started getting introduced into porn in year six, year five, like from other kids and then viewing women differently. And I had this huge divide from me and women from that traumatic experience to introduction of porn. And I'm only sort of mending now. Because mm. all my friendships with women back in the day would either be like, if you're not, I get to sleep with you or I'm not with you. Yeah. And that would be conflicting me there. I'd have like good friends and they would fall in love with me or I'd fall in love with them or just be mixed match and it just, you couldn't hold that energy. Yeah. But um, it's amazing how if you look at society and external validation for reasonings, I know a lot of celebrities who talk about men and women can't be friends because the man's always gonna wanna move in and things of that nature. You see it on TikTok or on mm. social media or people like Tate, mm. instead of Tate Andrews, where they have this over masculine or this Toxic masculine approach to it where yes. women need to be serving you for you to be with them, you know? But it's a terrible thing, but I'm glad people like yourself are walking and talking the talk and walking the walk to help men recalibrate that and bring women and men back together in divine union, whether as friends or as lovers or as acquaintances. Yes. To hold that energy without any expectation or desire. Yes. Which is amazing, bro. Yes. Salute, bro. Us, brother. And just on the topic of that as well, man, like what really came to me was like, yes, I seek approval and validation from women mm. from a space of like, if I give something, um, I want something back in return and I'm stepping away from that. Mm. But here's the truth, like every single man on earth, regardless of age, once they receive, you know, that acceptance or that, that form of validation from, from a woman, mm. um, man, it energizes the fuck out of me. Mm. It really ignites me when a woman comes up to me and be like, Hey, I just really wanted to let you know, X, Y, Z, I appreciate it, mm. you know, and keep doing your thing. I'm like, whoa, I, I really needed that. And it, it, it just gives something to my spirit, something to my soul that nourishes me, man. And it's, it's, it's a drug, it's mm. a drug. And 
this is the power that they have as women. Like you were talking about Marilyn Monroe, how she can just like step into her, her essence so much that she slows down time and space for people to slow down and be like, whoa, mm. right? That's the power that they have. And with this power, queens, they can actually use this to good. They can use this power to come and gift a man some appreciation as well and be like, hey, mm. love what you're doing and determine and, and, and actually uh, ignite him more and further into his purpose, into his mission, into his journey, his path with so much mm. more fuel. And I strongly believe that in a, in, a, in a household, the man is the head, but the queen is the neck. Mm. And whatever the neck turns is where the man looks. So they have the power to turn a man's focus, mm. you know, into a direction where, they, where, where it's of service to not only that man, but also to that household. True. And queens, man, queens, they, they hold so much power and they do not realize. And most, most of these other queens out there that are empowering the queens to waken up and embrace this power and embrace who they are. I love them so much. And I just think it's also our responsibility to do that as well, to let women know that they are powerful, let women know that they actually can change this world by gifting appreciation to other men. Mm. And as men, we can lead from a space of being centered in our own mission without needing their validation, without needing that acceptance. But once we get it, we can appreciate it, you know? Mm. Beautiful. Mm. And what would you say to any man or woman who is seeking or searching a greater purpose or a greater gift or a connection with God, kind of a little bit lost, stuck in the matrix, so to speak, how would you help them or guide them into finding more purpose in their lives and taking action on that? Mm. Those are two very big things, man. Mm. Finding purpose and taking action. <laughs> yeah. But once you find purpose, actually it goes hand to hand. It goes hand to hand. You have to take action to find your purpose. And once you find your purpose, taking action wouldn't be a problem. It's a nice loop. It is a beautiful loop. And I'm just gonna speak from my experience. Keep searching, mm. keep searching. Keep doing the things that ignite your spirit. Keep doing the things that your body goes, <gasps> that energy, like that, what you feel, what your body is expressing as is truth, mm. is truth. And if you can do more of those things and keep living from that space where you are honoring your body's expression and more, and, and where your body's like, I want more of that. And if it's coming from a great place, that is your purpose. Just be you. Just mm. do things that excite you. For me, I've always ever only fucking done what I wanted to do, man. When my father was like, go to university, I did it for a little bit. I'm like, I don't like it. I want to do me. Yeah. And I want to do things that excite me and ignite me and, and things that are coming from a space within. It always pulled me closer to my purpose. And then this is the most important part. And some people, they will find their purpose further down the track, like 30 years or 40 years, some even 50 years old. Mm -hmm. But they've been living their life in such a monotonous, um, automated, uh, following routines, putting on the mask that society has already prepared for them. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is huge. Putting on the identity that society has already prepared for you. It's like, hey bro, do you wanna do college and like, you know, work as this job? Do you wanna be this profession? This is the blueprint. Um, if you follow that, yes, you can be really happy doing those things. And the, I've met so many people that are per, like, you know, passionate and they find purpose in their job. Mm. However, for me, like, I feel like create your own, your own identity. 
do things like I'm a creative uh, and I just, uh, yeah, as a creative, I can't be boxed in. I can't be given a blueprint, but like do it this exact way. I'm like, mm. where's the fun in that? True. Where's the fun in like doing it exactly how you've told me to do it? Mm. So the real work is like following your intuition, doing things that ignite you. And then man, like getting a coach, yeah, getting a fucking coach get a coach like mm. get a coach that is doing something that you love mm. beautiful man yeah now i noticed you've worked with a, a great man g madison <laughs> still do bro still <laughs> yeah do. still do um, i'm actually going to go to work with him after this beautiful so yes. he, he's just in the small time i've spent with him a lot of lessons come through in multiple ways what are some of the key takeaways that you've taken from him and his teachings that have really impacted you mm. G. Madison is a quotable man. Um, <laughs> is a quotable man. Key takeaways. That's a very hard question, man. I have two or three pages of his, oh, of really? his, of his quotes. Um, mm. The one thing that I still apply right now is run through the finish line, not to the finish line. Fuck yeah. yeah. Run through the finish line. I would have a goal, for example, the end of round of Amongst Men, which is an eight-week eight, eight journey. Um, and I would always burn out on the eighth week. Mm. I would always burn out because that's when I considered the finish line was. And I was like, if I can make it to the end of round, I'm good. Mm. And I would burn out. But with this quote, run through the finish line. I'm not even thinking about the eight weeks, bro. I'm thinking about the next two rounds that's, that's coming. Nice. And you notice from that one quote being your belief now, you've actually seen yourself not draining at the end. No, I'm not focusing on one wow. step. I'm not focusing on one goal. I'm focusing on, yes, this is the goal, but what is the vision be behind the goal? And what is the vision beyond that? And wow. how can I get there? And this is the real finish line, mm -hmm. but how can I run through there? And then while I'm running through, yes, I'll have my rest and my um, recovery, but then the finish line just moves. Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool, there's a new finish line for me. And I'm gonna run through that. And running through finish lines requires a lot of preparation, man. Mm. A lot of preparation, a lot of sacrifice, because if I'm going to have to make it all the way over there, I want to be wearing the best shoes. I don't want to be carrying a lot of weight. I don't want to be distracted. I want to have people in my corner that's fucking cheering me on, mm. supporting me and hyping me up and giving me the belief that I require to get me to that place. Putting people in my corner like coaches mm. that are like, bro, do X, Y, Z. You'll cut, you, you will make sure that you'll get to the end of the finish line. Mm. Coaches are so good and so important. There's such a big stigma about coaches in the scene mm. where people are considering personal development coaches as sham. Yes, there are people out there that sham you for your money, due, 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 due diligence, but mm. also, man, I have G Madison in my corner as my dance coach. I have Alex Waters in my um, corner as my business coach. Mm. My business has doubled, not even, like even tripling right now because mm. I have a coach in, my, in, in that field. I, I, and this is another thing, man, I've never learned how to swim. I've drowned twice. Oh, and wow. I have such a big fear around swimming. Mm. Sky is teaching me how to swim. He's a triathlete and we do swimming, swimming lessons every Tuesday. Wow. And I now have a breathwork coach as well, mm. who's coaching me on how to breathe properly. And I have coaches in every corner that are helping me, preparing me to run through the fucking finish line, bro. That's fucking it's happy. changed my life. Mm. Just that one quote. Yeah, it's, it's changed my life. That's amazing, man, how one quote can do that. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. Now, can I take you left field a bit? Please, bro. I like it. I like okay. it. I've noticed you've had, and you shared some stories with me about 
some really intense dreams you've been having. And sometimes like out there experiences, you just sort of, did that just, what the hell just happened there? You know? Yes. We're talking like some paranormal type things. Yeah. Um, what do you think dreams are? And in your case, mm. what are some of these epic experiences that you've had? I'm gonna share something that happened three days ago, two to three okay. days ago, let's, let's back to it. back. Let's keep an eye on that light, easy bro. Sweet. So firstly, I believe dreams are here as our symbols, um, mm. our compass. Um, and <laughs> when I say compass, a part of me is like, bro, I've had some fucked up dreams where I'm like, what the fuck was that? Why did I even need to see that or experience that? Um, and, and we'll leave that as it is. Um, yeah. But recently, two days ago, um, three days ago, I have been, so one of the things that I've really struggled with as an entrepreneur is getting to sleep on time and waking up early. I am so jacked up at night, bro, that I'm doing a lot of work and I'm like journaling and I'm, my routine just carries out to like 11.30, then I sleep and I wake up at like nine. And I just told myself, hey, I wanna wake up earlier, which means I have to sleep earlier. Mm. I have been getting to bed on time. And me just like telling myself like, Douglas, we're gonna get up early. I had this dream like Tuesday, Tuesday, bro. The dream was I was in a car, I was driving my car and I was like, um, in, in the state in my dream where I was like asleep, but like just barely open. My eyes were just like barely open and I could see the red lights of the car in front of me. And I was like, cool. As long as I can just half asleep and follow this car, I'll be sweet. Um, I don't know where the fuck I'm driving. And then yeah. the car fucking moves and it goes away. I'm like, oh shit, now I'm on the road. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I really cannot drive. I need, to, I need to break in the side of the road and just sleep. Mm. I put my foot down, bro. And the fucking car, um, put my foot down on the brake, but the car started accelerating. I was like, oh, and I'm like, no, 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 no. And then I just see the car going straight into another car. Oh man. And I just crash. But as I crashed, I woke up. And as I woke up, bling, my alarm goes off. 7.30. And I'm like, wow. holy shit. What the, no, 6.30 goes up. And I'm like, how did I wake up just before my alarm? And how, why was there a crash? I'm like, fuck man. That's an intense way to wake up. I got up. Wednesday, the next day, I'm getting up at um, six, right? Bro, I shit you not. I put my alarm for six o'clock. Mm. A car drives past my house, blaring like yeah. and screeching noises and some, like it was just horrendous to hear that. I was like, and, and it felt like the car was losing control. Mm. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. And then as soon as I got up after the car drove past, Alarm goes off. Wow. Yeah. As soon as I blink my eye open, it's like, bloom, alarm just goes off. And I'm like, that is crazy. That's next level, That is man. crazy how I got a premonition <laughs> of like how I was gonna wake up the next day. Um, so there's one aspect of that. I do get premonitions from my dreams. I mean, it's happened quite um, irregularly. Um, and I've had some cool ones in the past as well. But here's another component to dream, man. And like this really confuses me as well. And this, I think this taps into like the multidimensional um, world. I, me as Douglas here on earth, I speak the words that I am a weapon of God consistently. I'm a weapon of God, I'm here for good. I'm here to serve the light. There has been a lot of different dreams where I've been activated into dream world where I am either mid battle fighting um, other things, other aliens, mm. or that, or I'm in a mission. I'm carrying out a mission and I'm eliminating things and, mm. and these darker forces are there and 
they are um, chameleons and they can morph into other people. They can morph into like schoolgirls. I had this one dream where these like chameleon race um, parked up their submarine on the shore and they had these access levels on this earth where they can just like walk everywhere and they had to deliver a package to a certain person but that package we wanted to interfere and i just i just started chasing them and then they all turned into school kids and i had to like shoot these fucking school kids um but no mercy bro mm-hmm. i was just so zoned in i'm like you 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 gone and yeah. i picked up the package and i walked away and i'm like and then i woke up and i'm like what the fuck what was that I like the mandalorian bro yeah yeah and and there are strange dreams that i wake up to that are just words um just darkness and words wow and they could be from different languages and and like whispers as well it's like listen to the whispers in the echo and like what the fuck is whispers in the echo and just like words wow. and i i really believe in dream the dreams that we have in this wake stage mm. because there are dreams that I have when my body is fully resting, mm. right? And I feel like that's when my consciousness drifts to somewhere else. But then the dreams that I have when I'm here, here awake, um, those dreams, this is, this is I love this. The, the visions that I have and I can see in my mind for myself right now, it's like, okay, imagine where I am in three years time, consciously, these dreams and visions that I have, they are just manifestations that I'm pulling in. And these are dreams that I can take action on. These are conscious projections into the future. I'm like, cool, three years down the track, what's my finish line? Cool, how can I, how can I do that right now? How can mm. I be that right now? And do these come to you or do you create those visions? I create them. You create them. I create them, yeah. Mm. And, and these, um, and I say that I'm a creative and, and I really throw myself into the future and, and, and catch that vision, man. And I like really am there and I'm like, cool. What am I experiencing? What's around me? What, what am I driving? What am I feeling? What am I doing? What am I smelling? How am I, f- how am I being? And like, how can I be that now? Wow. What excites me in the future? So you're activating all those senses and then fully. And yeah. fully bringing it back in. Yeah, five senses, six, and then bring it. And the sixth sense is that, f- yeah. like throwing it afar and catching it and then mm. pulling it in and making it my reality. This, wow. it works. It fucking works. Everything that I'm doing in life right now is my dream self, my dream stage that I planned three or six months ago. Amazing. And what I'm doing right now in my, what I said to myself, I was like in two to three years time, it's happening like six months down the road. Mm. So this- So six months is about the, the delay in time where things start to take shape. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And some things are quicker. Some things are way, way quicker mm. it's like the next day next yeah. day yeah there's been moments where i'm like i want to perform a show and i'll just get a message like hey you want to perform a show and i'm like what the fuck and yeah. yeah yeah man the way the the doors of this mystical universe opens up in my life and the opportunity that flows in from dream state awakened dream state mm. is magic damn mm. that's beautiful um another question i want to ask you it's about charisma hey <laughs> There's a few people I've met in my life, maybe like two or three that I know of, who have this charisma that can pull people in, they can captivate, they can perform, they can turn on and off, mm. and it opens doors for them that just don't open for other people. Have you ever heard of the third door theory? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So this magical third door that's created by charisma and visioning. What are the keys to charisma and how does a man or woman activate that within them? Mm. Mm. 
Okay. So, charismatic. I've always been called charismatic um, ever since I was young. Mm. I, I, you know, it's something that I am, and it's hard for me to break down um, what that is. It's very, very natural. It's very natural. Mm. Um, at the same time, I, yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. There are some periods of my life um, where I was so sucked into depression and I wasn't charismatic mm. and I studied people that were charismatic. I'm like, what do these guys do? Like, what are they, what are they doing? And the one thing that I've noticed that they do is they relax. Mm. They relax in like every environment that they walk into. They are so like spread out. The, the level of ownership they take in the space is huge. Like for mm. myself, when I walk in anywhere, I just believe that this is my earth and this is my home. Yeah. This is my home. And although this is your home and I'm a guest in it, I'm so comfortable and relaxed here because I believe like we are here as one, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I have so much respect for you um, and this is your home and I would not do anything to disrespect it. Yeah. I will treat this as my own home. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just relax so much. And from the space of being so relaxed, I try to have as much fun as I can. Mm. Try to bring as much play in as I can. And you know what? A better word, adventure. Mm. Adventure. Third, the third door theory, that is adventurous. It takes a lot of courage to walk through that third door. And mm. for those who do not know what the third door is, it's just a door that you create for yourself. So um, a really good example of, is like if you're trying to get into a, a restaurant, it's fully booked out. There's no way you can, you can get in. It's just like having a chat to the manager of like, hey, um, is there a way and chance that we can you know, sit down in this place and create that opportunity for yourself to enjoy that night. The manager's like, oh, I don't know what to do. It's like, hey man, I will, you know, just um, talk to them and charm them. Mm. Charm them is like, I will I'll love you so much. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be the best customer ever. Yeah. Um, and in that moment, uh, they might be like, you know what? All right, let's do it. Third door mm. is that. And that takes a lot of courage to step into that alternate, uh, alternate reality where you see something that you want so bad and you create that for yourself. Mm. And charisma, man, like uh, all I can say is just flavor. It just comes down to flavor. Mm. Um, and flavor only comes once you know who you are. Oh. Once you fully know who you are and you're so confident in who you are, mm. right? And you know your moves, you know how your body moves, you know how you speak and you know what you like to say, etc. Once you have that, and once you can express yourself so confidently, mm. flavor comes in and flavor is charisma. Flavor is like your own touch, your own style. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Wow, all right. Now, if you were to go back in time, <laughs> two occasions. One occasion, you have to go back and you need to give advice to your 17-year-old self. Mm. Um, we'll just start with that. What would you What would you say? Or seventeen. Seventeen. Ooh, man. Mm. Just finishing high school. My like young man. <sighs> just one thing. Whatever you would say, you get a conversation or. Okay. Okay. What's up, Doug? People People called me Doug when I was young. I just want to say, I just want to say that you are a confident young man. 
and that the opinions of the opinions that you care so much about in your life from other people is not as important as what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is number one. Number one. And also, bro, you are gonna be so successful. You're gonna be so successful. You're gonna be impacting a lot of people on this earth with your personality, with your essence. So just keep being you. Keep being you and do not, do not, and I repeat this, do not, people please. Oos. Oos. Yeah. Bro, that was, that was solid, man. That was solid. All right. So I want to ask a few more questions, but I feel like we've got a, a good solid hour here of this perfection. Was there anything you wanted to speak on? Anything that I missed out? Anything you want to express? Mm. Yeah, yeah, bro. I am in deep gratitude for you, bro. Thank you, man. Um, meeting you in my life was, yeah, it was, it was so needed for me as well. And I, and I, and I love what you said at the start of, of this journey, um, how I came into your life to teach you um, X, Y, Z about your growth and your journey. And mm. um, for so long, I felt so lost with um, the astral and the dream world and all of that. And just meeting you has given me so much faith to just be more me because mm. uh, I wouldn't have shared that to anyone. And I felt so comfortable sharing that with you. And yeah, you give me so much faith um, in who I am right now because I got so consumed by um, the spiritual the spiritual awakened woke world mm. and when I was there I just met a lot of people that were ungrounded and I was extremely ungrounded myself yeah but I hadn't met someone that is so tapped into that realm and so tapped into spirit and and these other realms but also so grounded on earth mm. I hadn't met someone like that and then meeting you was that example for me I'm yeah. like, wow man it is actually so possible to to be so tapped in there and also be so grounded here to channel information and deliver. Yeah. And yeah, it was important for me to have um, come across you. Uh, I, I send you a lot of blessings for this beautiful, beautiful venture, man. I really see you standing tall on your hill. Mm. Yep, as a king. I feel like in the past, I've really seen you stand with the herd and with mm. other people and you, sh you were shining as the herd and as, as a group, mm. but now it's just you, bro. And that takes a lot of courage to step into the spotlight as yourself yeah. and, and take action as you, as a leader, leading the pack. Mm. So thank you for doing appreciate that. Appreciate that, man. bro. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a, been a wild journey, man. But touching on into different groups, you, you, you entered a yes. good subject here, right? I spent a lot of time in different groups, different collections, but going into um, more of a spiritual community where people are sort of quite tapped in and they're sort of a little bit... We're saying a little bit floaty, a little bit hippie, but not yeah. so grounded. Mm. Where we have this notion where they, for us to be spiritual or to tune in or be a shaman or whatever these words, we need to be quite spacey and hippie and psychedelics and going a little bit too far into it. But some of the people, the people that I know who are the most spiritually profound and tapped in are so grounded you would never know them walk, walking on the street. They have businesses, they're successful, they, they don't talk too much about it. Mm. Like um, One of the biggest things for me to balance was 
my stepdad being a fundamentalist Christian, like everything's demonic and a conspiracy, then my daddy was super spiritual and he can channel and those sorts of things. And I have to mm. like combine those two. And as I stepped into taking what, what's best from the Bible and Christianity, yes. adding my own flavor onto it, but keeping yes. some kind of a fundamental basis feet on the ground, you can really have these amazing experiences when you connect with Christ consciousness, when you connect mm. with Shiva, when you can truly feel them embodying you as your consciousnesses merge and you can upgrade like that yeah without being too spacey or over the yeah. top yeah because you know? your reputation is very powerful and yes um, sir you don't want to lose that for anything mm. especially in this game you know yes in the business world in networking it's just you want to make sure you can relate to all kinds of people mm -hmm. and meet them where they're at and help them and guide them any way you can mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but that being said in, in, this, in different communities have you ever had to deal with things like you've heard of things like the bad eye or envy or things of that nature, because the more people you have in your circle you're connected to, usually associates to more drama and more yeah. things of that nature. How, how do you keep yourself clean and safe, your energy protected, um, and stay clear from those sort of negative situations? Yeah, yeah, I love this question. Yeah, I love I've, this I've question. I've fallen into it pretty, pretty bad in the last few months. So we actually spoke about this in <coughs> last night call in Amongst Men. Beautiful. Um, so I asked the Kings, what is one value you can bring into your friendship groups that you can embody as, as um, embody in relationships, mm. right? And it's important to think of what values we hold to ourselves as individuals and also what values we want to share together as a collective. Yeah. What I've realized in my walk of life, when it comes to groups, it is so important to speak boundaries to people that and they should fucking know these boundaries when it comes to um negative lower vibrational activities and behaviors that do not align with you mm. and we can we can put that boundary down in such a loving place i'm going to give two scenarios um where i've done this and it's made my life so much better and what i'm experiencing from my friendship group is fucking lit so i, I was in a, uh, a group of friends before and who I was in this group um, over time, like over six to eight months, from who I was to who I was in six to eight months was a different man. But they were still holding me on to as the Douglas that they met way back in the day. And I'd taken all this action, all these changes in my life, and they were not willing to see me for the man that I am right now. And what existed in the previous version of who I am and what I allowed to happen in my space mm. was gossip, yeah and was hatred hatred like speeches of hate like people mm. just fucking hating on things and a couple of other things that i won't mention but these just those two is those those two are great examples yeah. and i allowed that to happen and further down the track i realized that it is actually not of integrity for me to hear my friends bitch moan and gossip about someone else that we know when they are not here in the space mm. because it made me feel really unsafe, firstly, because I knew that if they were talking shit about them here, when I'm not around, they're probably talking shit about me too. So I told them, I'm like, man, I just want to put down a boundary now. Uh, and I just want to say that I don't want to hear any gossip when I'm around. Mm. I don't, I don't appreciate it. If you ever want to speak to that person, go speak to them directly instead of gossiping in here. Mm. If you were to gossip, I will only allow that to happen if we pray for that person. If you pray for that person at the end of the gossip to clear their energy, to send them love and to bless them. 
So we close that. Beautiful. Right. And once I spoke these boundaries into the space, they fucking left. And we're not friends anymore. Mm. And then I realized if they cannot respect my boundaries, they were never for me. And it showed. It mm. showed so much because they, they never showed up for me too in the journey of our friendship. Mm. They never truly showed up for me the way that other friends showed up for me. And once they were not, it's like, what the fuck, these boundaries? Fuck you, bro. And once they left, the space that they left was filled in by people that are aligned mm. to my value and the stronger boundaries that I had with my friends and speaking it to my friends, it was, it created, uh, it created a stronger energy around the friends yeah. that I have right now. And the conversations that we have are not of gossip, are not of hatred, are of expansion, are of love, are of celebration, are of honoring each other. Beautiful. And that's what I want to be around, man. Bro, I fucking love that because I feel the same thing happening with me. Um, with certain friends, especially older friends that I know, when I go back and spend time with them, I can feel my old self clawing back into me. Where old jokes and old things, I'm like, whoa, what am I doing? I don't want to be in that space. Mm. Now, so much fear of letting go of those people, or I feel like I'm rude or arrogant or whatever else may be. But I'm still worried about their opinions as I'm trying to leave and move forward. But then I realized that the quote that Jesus said, <clears throat> many don't know, is like, a prophet will never be accepted in his hometown because you're held to the standard that you once were, mm. you're not allowed to grow. And when you do grow, they can say things like, oh, that's ego, that's this, that's that. They, they start to justify with all these different labels because your growth is threatening or mm. they just can't, there's a big disparity there. But Jesus himself had to deal with this because yeah. radical transformation isn't always easy to do and you need to leave something behind. Like, you know, yeah. it's a sacrifice. It is. Or it's perceived sacrifice, but. Mm, I love man. that, I yeah. love that. And yeah, man, like it's, and this is another thing that I, that I encourage in French friendship groups as well is, um, especially being around friends, they notice us grow so much. Mm. Um, really just take note of who is celebrating you and who's actually clapping for you when you win. Mm. Because I've noticed so many people in my life that hung around me, but they didn't celebrate me. They didn't celebrate my wins. They weren't hyping me up. Mm. And they would, they'd be like, oh, cool. You know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for you, man. Like, disgenuine celebrations like yeah. that. There are signs and symptoms all over um, people when, when mm. I'm winning and I just chose to turn a blind eye on them. And those were the exact people that weren't meant for me. Yeah. And I chose them, <coughs> I chose them for the sake of love and acceptance and the memories that we shared together. Mm. Although these memories are beautiful um, and they're hard to let go of people, yeah. we can still cherish those memories and we can still catch up with them every now and then, but it's important to like, let them know who you are. It's like, hey man, this yeah. is who I am right now. Mm. And you might know, me, like having an honest conversation, like you might know me as a person that did X, Y, Z. I, I don't have anything against it. I love old Brett that did all of these things, but new Brett, like who I am right now, I really value X, Y, Z, and it just does not align. Beautiful. Yeah, it reminds me of the 10th law in Robert Greene's book, The 48 Laws of Power. And the 10th law is avoid the unhappy and the miserable and the negative. And every law has a reversal. This law does not. Mm. Only because when you're with certain people, like I, me especially, I have some, some friends who are 
very negative and pessimistic and mm. all that kind of stuff. And when I spend time with them, I can feel that energy consuming me. And um, in certain moments of, I see people who are on their path, on their mission, on their purpose, at the same party of someone who I know is sort of down on the dumps and quite negative. But yeah. the part of me that wants to go speak to them because I, I feel like I want to help them or I feel like I'm more comfortable with them, more safe with them. And I had this moment, like this big insight, I'm like, why are you choosing that, you know? Um, and it's maybe, oh, you're people pleasing or this and that, but I'm just comfortable yes. in the energy. When I went somewhere else with these guys who were like rapping and making their record label, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable in their energy. But I'm just listening to them speak. I'm like, wow, this is, you're modeling everyone that you're hanging out with. Yes. Whether you like it or not. So that is just so important to make those decisions and distinctions and that boundary. So I love the way you articulated that because many dots connected for me just then. Yes, sir. And um, just seeing the representation of that happening in the flesh is so beautiful to have. So thank you very much, bro. We'll end it there. Oof. That was solid, man. Thank you, bro. Thank you.